0: Thank you all very much. If you can turn to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. I have a very important question for you. What is your vision for your life? Or, in other words, what do you envision yourself to have become or have accomplished? Say five years, ten years, twenty years, or better yet, by the end of your life or your legacy. What is your vision for your life? Now let's be honest. Most people, they don't think about this question, do they? Or if they do, one, they don't really have a plan for it. Or secondly, they really don't follow that plan All the way to fruition. Or three. That plan really is materialistic. It's really based on temporal things. Not based on eternal things. Listen. The Bible speaks much about this subject and vision. And as I look upon the audience here. I see people who are older like me. And I see a lot of people that are very young. And you have to consider this question. What is your vision for your life? Let's look at, there's many texts about this in the Bible. We're going to pick one right now on vision in the King James Version. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Let's first look at vision. Listen, vision. Sight is a function, obviously, of the eyes. But vision is a function of the heart. Vision is seeing the future before it becomes into being. So it's really what it is. It's imagining yourself to become somebody and accomplishing something that is very different than what you are now or what you have now. It's that imagination. It's that dream saying, I can do that. I want to do that. I'm not there right now. I don't have that now. But I can do that. And I'm not talking about, obviously, something that you can do this week. (laughs) I'm talking about something that is long-term in nature, something that's going to take you A while to be able to accomplish with much effort and much discipline. Now, there are people who have a vision and say, My vision is I want to be an Olympian. I want to win a gold medal. Other people, I want to become president of the United States. Another person, I want to retire as a millionaire. Live comfortably, carefree, and travel the world till I die. That's their vision. Or somebody else. You know what? I just want to be able to have a great marriage, a wonderful family, live a good, respectable, and happy life. That's a vision. However, most people, though, they're reactionary. They're not visionary. They only react based on what life is going on or whatever lot in life that they have. And what do I mean by reactionary? Well, if something comes their way, if something stops them, then they'll just stop. If they want to go this direction and there's an obstacle here, well, then they'll go that direction. And they won't pursue that goal because there was an obstacle. They live in the short term. What are we going to do today, man? Hey, what are we going to do this weekend? And some people, you know, by the end of the year, I want to do thus and such. But if you were to ask them, what are you going to be doing or have become in five years? Or certainly by the end of their lives, they have no clue. And certainly most people, when you ask them, about a vision statement and things that are going to last for eternity, it's almost non-existent. See, without a vision, what happens? Well, people just exist, don't they? They just meander through life. And many times, all it is, is resulting in mediocrity. There is no excellence. There is no pursuit for excellence. There's no passion. It's just, whatever, man. Another day, man. There isn't that vision, that hope. I want to become this. This is what I am now. And this is what I have now. But I want to get there. And there isn't any of that. And really, isn't that what most people do? No real purpose and goals for their lives. And therefore, they don't produce anything that's significant. I'm sure many of you guys have heard about Walt Disney. Yeah? I found a very interesting piece that I want to share with you. Yeah? He began his career as a cartoonist for a, very, for, for a high school newspaper. High school. As a young man, his first adventure resulted in bankruptcy. Upon losing everything, he moved to Kansas City, and there began his second business by drawing cartoon strips and advertisements for a studio. When his career never got off the ground, he sold his camera, bought a one-way ticket, him and his wife, to California bus ride, train ride. While on his way to California, he began dreaming of a certain mouse character that he originally called Mortimer. M-O-R-T-I-M-E-R. Mortimer. His wife felt that it was too dignified of a name and suggested, why don't you just call it Mickey? (laughs) Thank God for wives. And the rest is history. In 1927... The first talking movie debuted debuted called The Jazz Singer. Disney immediately caught on to the idea and added sounds to a cartoon, cartoon in 1928, creating Steamboat Willie, the first animated film with sound. In 1937, he produced the, four, the first full-length motion uh, picture animated feature called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And before he died in 1966, he had produced more than 70 movies. One day before he died, he took his daughter to a kids' park. And she went round and round on this certain ride. He impatiently waiting and was bored out of his mind. He then began to envision a place where parents and children could have fun together. And in 1955... The Disneyland vision became a reality. And today, his Disney parks operate in California, Florida, France, and Japan. One day, these two fellows were walking through one of his parks and said, Man, look at all of this. I wonder what Disney would think if he saw all of this today. And the other replied, Believe me, he saw it. That's vision. Helen Keller who is blind, said, Worse than being blind would be to be able to see and not have vision. Woodrow Wilson said, We grow great by our visions and our dreams. All great men are dreamers and visionaries. Another has said, The poorest man is not he who is without a sense, but it is he who is without a dream and a vision. Your vision determines your destiny. Now, if you already have a vision, you say, you know what? I've got a vision. Does it need to be enlarged? Enlarging your vision. Or do we need to have a vision in the first place? See, God, he wants us to have a vision But he wants it to be based on eternal things and on his word. Our vision needs to be based not only on what's important to you, (laughs) but what's important to God. Why? Because he's the creator of you. You're his creation. And also, he's going to be our future judge. So our vision should be based on what he designed us to be able to have. And it should be based on right priorities. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, many times we've heard we should have priorities. First God, and then our families, and then our careers and jobs. How many times we have it turned upside down? Obviously it's good, and we must have a vision and goals that guide us while we're here on earth. Okay? Okay? I'm not just talking about earthly things. Ernie, there you go again, being so earthly-minded. I mean, heavenly minded okay? Well, that's the problem. It's so many people, okay, they say, you guys are just so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. And I really haven't seen that. I've actually seen the opposite, where so many people are so earthly-minded that they're not any heavenly good So it's okay and it's good to have a good job and career and education so you can support your family. It's good to have, obviously, a good family and enjoy them and spending time with them. It's fine and good to live a healthy and long life, a good quality of life by taking care of yourself. Exercise? Absolutely. Eat right? Absolutely. Those are all good things, but it all must start, shouldn't it? with an eternal basis, with God's Word. See, our vision must be eternally based, and we must pursue it daily. God's vision for us isn't just, guys, that we get saved. It isn't just we're born born again, and it ends there. But it's that we grow. Listen, that we grow every day in knowing Him. What is that song right now that we just sang? Every day, it's you. Well, you don't want me to sing it. But as I was listening to that song, I said, I I almost felt like saying, that's my sermon. Because listen, what God wants us to do is every day know Him more. Grow Him, grow in knowing Him more, loving Him more, and becoming more like Him until we see Him face to face. Know Him more. Imagine getting to heaven. I went to church. I did this and, uh, excuse me, Ernie, who are you? That would not be a good thing. Matthew chapter 7 talks about that, right? It talks about how, depart from me. I never knew you. So our vision should first start off with, God, besides just my career, my schooling, how much money I'm going to be putting in a bank account, my 401k, hey, having a good family, having my kids in school, doing this for the kids, um, uh, being physically fit, all those things are fine. But if it's not eternal... And if it's not knowing the creator of our lives, then we're missing a big element of it. God, he is the potter, isn't he? He's the potter, and we're the clay, and he wants to be able to mold us every single day to become more like him. It's really what is determined by the word sanctification, that we're being set apart more from the world and from our own sinful nature and God is molding us to become more like him and as we do that we're becoming more spiritually mature and more you know when we first get saved we are really like babies spiritually our immaturity many times shows in our relationships with our spouse at work at church but as we start becoming more like Jesus we start becoming more sanctified and more spiritually mature. That's goal number one. And goal number two is that we help other people do the same. We make disciples, helping them also to become spiritually mature, sanctified. But we must remember, based on our text that says, the only way to be able to do that isn't through our own power, but it's through the Word of God. The Word of God is the only thing that's going to help us and mold us to be able to become spiritually mature and sanctified and more like Jesus. And the Bible says that if we keep His Word, then and only then will we be happy and it won't be a waste of time because it won't be temporary. So many times people live their lives pursuing a certain vision, a certain purpose, a certain goal. And at the end of their lives, they look back And they say, I have wasted my time. You know, sometimes what happens to me is I have to go to a lot of hospitals. And many times I have to be uh, praying for people right before they pass away. And it's sad when I speak to some people, and I can think about a couple people, um, that all their lives they pursued money, a career. And they did very well. But at the end of their lives... They tell me, why did I do this? Why didn't I spend more time with my spouse, helping my kids out, being a positive influence to other people? Never did they say, I should have made more money. Not one. All things in this world fade away, don't they? They're all forgotten. And they have really no eternal consequence. I think about Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, there was this uh, rich young ruler. And the Bible says it was rich. He goes up to Jesus and he knew that his vision and his life wasn't complete. So he tells them, Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? I want to go to heaven. I realize there's something big missing. What must I do? And Jesus, having compassion on him, and because he can read our minds and our hearts, he looks at him and he sees that he's gripped with greed, and that really all he cares about are the things of this world. And he says, "Son, sell all that you have and come and follow me, and you will have eternal life." And that rich young ruler walked away sad because he was very rich. The Bible says that what is a prophet of man? If he gains the whole world, and yet you lose your soul. You know, I think about this one man. And when he was very young, he had a vision. I want to be an Olympian. And so he starts disciplining himself, and he becomes a gold medalist, a decathlete. Okay, He became very popular. He did fantastically well. And most of you guys are too, too uh, young to realize what I'm about to say. But he actually got on the box of Wheaties. See, I told you. You guys don't even know. Back then, in the 70s and 80s, guys, if you got your picture on the box of Wheaties, you were doing good. You were top athlete. You were somebody that was high, highly valued. But today, even though he got all those gold medals and he was an American hero, and he got on the box of Wheaties. People don't even remember about all of that. All they know him today as is Caitlin. Because his name used to be Bruce Jenner. And if you were to Google Bruce Jenner, you would be blown away at just an incredible feat that he did. What he did was just amazing. But you know what? Those are just things that just fade away. And obviously, it didn't satisfy him. And at the age of 65 years old, he's now doing this, and now he's 67. I think about another man. And he says, I want to become president of the United States. And he studied, and he studied, and he became a Rhodes Scholar. He became a governor, and then he became president of the United States. And today, Most people don't think about him being President of the United States. Just think about him, Bill Clinton, the pervert. Because all of those things get overshadowed. He didn't focus on the eternal. He didn't base it on the Word of God. See, if you live your life based on the Word of God with a heavenly vision, this will never happen, and your life will never be futility. If you're living and getting to know this wonderful living God and becoming more like Him every day, then no day that you are with Him will be a waste. Never. Because you are getting to know Him. You are starting to become like Him. And you are enjoying yourself. And when you read God's Word, you go, Wow, God, I never saw this. And then you talk to Him, and He answers your prayers. And you start changing. It will never be a waste. You see, if somebody gets married to somebody... And let's say that you marry a great woman. You marry a great man. And you're now in a wonderful relationship. You now have been married for years, and you guys are getting to know each other, love each other. You guys are respecting each other. It's a wonderful relationship. Ten years you're married now. And unfortunately, something happens, and it turns. Okay? And five years later, there's a divorce. I've talked to people like that, and they're so embittered, so angry because of what's happened these last five years. And then I ask the question, well, was any of it good? And then they honestly tell me, you know what, Ernie? The first 10 years was wonderful. She was a great woman. We had a great time, even just doing little things. We enjoyed ourselves because We got to know each other. We got to love each other. We just spent time with each other. I have a question. So how could it be that somebody who has been living for God, coming to church, and they leave God, and no longer serving God, and say, you know what? I wasted 10 years of my life. I could have been doing A, B, C, D, okay? I could have been doing this and this, and I just wasted my time. What would cause that? Well, one, losing that vision. No longer have the same vision that they had, now just looking at temporary things. And that's the only thing that moves them. And two, there's many things. I wonder, and I ask the question, why were you doing what you were doing? Were you just coming to church? Were you just involved in, quote-unquote, ministry? Because if you love somebody, and this person is a good person, and you're enjoying yourself with that person, it's beautiful, and it's never a waste. And how much more should that be with the living God and with his holy word? Living for God, loving him, and having the right vision will never, I promise you, be a waste of time. But if you're doing things that are works based and for the wrong motive and with the wrong heart, it will be a waste of time, even if you're in church. Why is it critically important for our vision to be based on God's word and to be eternally focused? Well, our text says it all: it says, without a vision, my people, the people perish. Well, what is he talking about perish? He's not talking about dying because we're all going to die regardless if you have a good vision or bad vision or no vision. He's talking about without a vision and it being on God's word, the people will go to hell. See, this is a matter of eternal significance. It isn't something about how much money you're making, what degree plan you didn't finish out. This is a matter of heaven and hell. The whole reason for this life is to prepare us for the next life and to be ready to meet our Maker. So, let me start closing down and say, it's time for us to have a vision. But not just a vision, but a vision that produces lasting fruits, that's eternal, that's not only here good on this earth, but that will be transferable to heaven. Where do you see yourself in five years, ten years, or better yet, at the end of your life? What will be your legacy? What will people say of you when you die? Well, let me say it differently. What will people say if you died today? And more importantly, what would God say? See, we should all want and strive for God to be pleased with us. Amen? Matthew twenty five twenty one. I think that's the goal. Jesus is talking about this servant. And he says, His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things here on earth. And I will make you ruler over many things here in heaven. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's it. That's the vision. So, we need to make adjustments to our lives and expand our vision. This vision will require action, faith, discipline, and obedience. I'm not going to lie to you. Action. If we want things to be different, we need to make the necessary changes Listen to this statement. You are where you are because of who you are. And if you're going to get somewhere different, some different place, you're going to have to be different and change. Secondly, it's going to require faith. You know, the Bible study that we had this past Friday, if you went, we talked about Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14. And here... God had promised these two million people, the Jewish people, Israel, I have a wonderful place for you. I've not only delivered you from Egypt, it doesn't end there. I've not only baptized you through the Red Sea, it doesn't end there. But I have promised land for you, the the land of milk and honey. I have wonderful things for you. But unfortunately... Of The 12 spies that spent 40 days checking out the land and they saw beautiful, wonderful blessings. Grapes that were so big they had to carry them on the vine, and pomegranates and all sorts of fruit. Caleb and Joshua, he saw that there was giant, they saw that there were giants in the land. Anakites, and there was Amalekites, and there was Hittites, and there was Jebusites. All of the ites were there. <laughs> But you know what they said? We can take this land because our God, who's helped us out in the past, he'll help us with these situations. And unfortunately, the ten other spies who were leaders of their tribes, they weren't just guys flukes. They weren't just pansies. They were leaders picked by the, the whole tribe and said, we're taking this person and we want them to go out there. But unfortunately... They didn't go by their faith. Their God, not their God, their their challenges was bigger than their God. Even though God had done tremendous things for them in the past, all they can see was the obstacle. All they can see was the problem. See, that can happen to us. You know, sometimes we look at ourselves and we look inwardly. Let me just say this. Don't look inwardly. You'll get depressed. Look upwardly. And so sometimes we see ourselves and we see the deficiencies, we see the problems, we see the financial issues and, and the challenges and the medical issues and all these kind of things. And we're just like those 10 spies. We can't do this. We can't. You know what? Maybe Maybe we should just pick a leader and that leader should just take us back to Egypt. And then Caleb and Joshua said, no, guys, no, be quiet. We can go there. And the people start picking up stones and want to kill them. Because any vision is going to require faith. Listen, Caleb and Joshua saw the same thing that those other ten people did. But you know what they did? There's a song that we used to sing in this church. that we haven't sang it for a while. I wish we did. It's called Remember. You want me to sing it? (laughs) No. But it was beautiful. Remember. Anyway. <clears throat> and it was beautiful because we have to remember what God has done for us. I mean, here he had delivered the people out of the children of, the children of Israel out of Egypt. He had done the ten, the, the ten plagues. He had opened up the Red Sea. He had killed the Egyptians and they saw their corpses. And yet after that, they want to go back to Egypt because they didn't remember. Remember. And so when you look at yourself, you don't look at it and you say, I'm not there. Remember always 2 Corinthians 5.17. It promises you're going to become a new creation. Yes, you're not there. But it says, all things will pass away. Behold, all things will become new or are becoming new. That worm doesn't become a butterfly like this. There's a process for that. But so many people, they lose heart. And in the middle of that metamorphosis, they throw in the towel. God has a vision for you. And you say, but I'm not there yet. And God says, I know. Dream. Vision. Think like God thinks. For you. Patience. Work. Discipline yourself. And God's going to take you there. So let's talk about that word, discipline. Any good... And worthwhile vision will require ourselves to be disciplined. You know, it's not going to be done with laziness. And that, unfortunately, is a hallmark of this generation. I was telling uh, somebody about this uh, sermon, and uh, he told me, you know, it reminds me of an Under Armour uh, YouTube about Michael Phelps, that swimmer. And just how he had to discipline himself, work so hard. And his wife is just saying, I see everything that he's going through and what he has gone through. And they made a video, and it's called, Rule Yourself. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. Rule Yourself. In other words, discipline yourself. Deny yourself. And then I thought about what Jesus said in Luke 9.23. He says, Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, listen, daily, and follow me. You see, to be a good spouse, to be a good person, to be a good parent, to be a good whatever is going to require discipline. It's going to require you to watch your mouth. It's going to require daily maintenance of your vision. Just like your car. If you want the car to perform well, you have to be able to maintain it. It'll be the same thing with your vision. See, to get God's blessing, we're going to have to obey Him. Isaiah 119, it says, If you are willing and obedient, then you shall eat of the fruit of the land. So God is telling them, listen, if you want to have these things, if you want to have this blessing, even here on earth, you're going to have to be willing and obedient. Paul the Apostle, as I get close to closing, he says, when he was talking about fulfilling his vision in 1 Corinthians 9:25 through 27, he says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or disciplined or conservative in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we, for an imperishable crown... Therefore I run this, run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and I bring it under subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Wow, here Paul the Apostle is saying, listen, I want to make it to heaven. But if I'm not going to discipline myself, if I'm not going to discipline my eyes, if I'm not going to discipline where I go, who I hang around with, and what I do, I'm not going to make it to heaven because God's going to say disqualified. Because His vision, He had the vision, but let's say He wasn't grabbing it. And Paul the Apostle wasn't that way. Paul the Apostle says, "I see the vision, and I'm not going to let anything disqualify me." I love uh, Acts 26:19. Paul the Apostle, end of his life, he says, "I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision." Here's a man that had a vision and lived for God for decades, through hell, through beatings, left for dead many times, imprisoned many times for doing the right thing, not for being wrong and being illegal or being criminal. This was for God. And yet he held on to that vision. He had a vision, he had a plan, and he, had, he held on to it. Having and keeping this vision is the only way, listen, that we will be truly happy and make it to heaven. You see, this text says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Well, I have to tell you, many people are trying to pursue something to make them happy. I just had somebody not too long ago in my office, I just want to be happy, (laughs) But they're pursuing the things of this world. And the Bible clearly says the only thing that gives real happiness because everything fades. Todo se acaba en este mundo. The only thing that really gives real satisfaction is knowing Him, following Him. Because everything else passes. No matter what you attain in life. After a while, those gold medals, that money, that shining car, everything, it gets old. Except for him. This is the only vision and lifestyle that will bring true satisfaction and true happiness and heaven. So as I close, I'm giving one scripture here. And then I'm going to ask you that question again. Second Timothy 4, 7 and 8. He's about to die. Paul the Apostle says this. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is later for me the crown of... Of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, judge, he remembered, I'm going to have to face him soon, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but uh, only, but also to, but also to all those who have loved his appearing, loved his appearing. He kept in mind also, always, Jesus could be coming back at any moment. Hey, this is heaven. Everything in this world is temporary. My goal is is eternity. How about you? What are you living for? What is your vision? If you died today, what would people say at your funeral? What would your family say about you? What would, more importantly, God say about you? Would he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or would he say, who are you? really don't know you. You really haven't been loving me and obeying me and trying to become like me every day. You've cared more about the things of this world than the things of God. I had a plan for you, and you put it to the side, and you're doing your own plan. What is your vision for your life? I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed, please. God is such a loving and merciful and gracious God. He created us to be satisfied, to be happy. But the only thing that will satisfy you, the only thing that will make you happy, is having a relationship with Him. Have you not noticed that the things of this world are fun? Yes, but after a while... They're not fun anymore, and you get bored? That's because it's temporary. God made you with a hole in your heart, a God-shaped vacuum, if you will. And the only thing that's going to fill that hole in your life is having a personal relationship with your Creator. If you will be honest with God and say, God, that's me, God, I want To know you, God. I, God, heard this message, and God, I want that for me. I haven't even been thinking about a vision, God. And if I have, it's all been based on this world. What I can become. What I can accomplish. What I can have. What I can get. But I really haven't been taking you into account. I really don't read the Bible. I don't follow the Bible. But God, I want to get to know you. God, you're my creator, and I want you to now be my savior and my Lord, and I want to live my life based on what is important to you, because that's what counts, what's really important. It's not what the world says. It's not even what my opinion or your opinion is. It's what God's opinion is. Do you care? Do you care what God's opinion is? Do you care that God loved you? and sent his son on the cross to die a brutal death to forgive you and he wants to help you and he wants to bless you in this life and give you eternal reward if that's you and you say god forgive me god i want to get to know you god i want to be able to have my vision to be centered on what's important and that's you and your holy word if that's you raise your hand to god and say god that's me god god i need to know you i want to know you god father forgive me of my sins lord if that's you, raise your hand up to God. See the hand right there. Thank you for the honesty. Anybody else want to join this honor per, honest person? I know that God is touching you. And I know that right now there are some in here, some in here that don't have a vision and don't have a vision based on what the Bible says. Can you be honest with God? And can you say, God, that's me. I'm going to join this honest person. And I'm going to now arrange my life to what's important. And that's what God says. If that's you, raise your hand to God. Join this honest person. Say, God, that's me, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Backslider. You perhaps were living for God. And maybe you have said, hey, I've wasted my life. I've wasted my time in what I was doing. Why would you say that? Did you not have a relationship with God? With the living God? Were you just doing it just to come to church? And for the wrong motives? God is saying to you, if you did it the right reason and you veered, or you did it the wrong reason and you veered, God is saying, come back to me, son. Come back to me, daughter. I love you, and I want to have you not miss your eternal reward. And I want to bless you here on earth. If you are willing and obedient, I will bless you, the Bible says. If that's you, and you want to be able to come back to Jesus, you're backslidden, and you can be honest. Raise raise your hand. Join this honest person. Say, God, that's me, God. I am not pursuing the heavenly vision. I cannot say what Paul said. And right now, God, I don't think you would say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If you cannot say that, and you're honest right now. And You can honestly say, God, that's me. Please, I beg you, come back to Jesus and tell him, no more, God. I, God, want to follow the heavenly vision. If that's you, raise your hand to God. And say, God, that's me, God. I come back to you. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Person who raised your hand, look at me. Is that you? Come on. I want to pray for you. Come on. Anybody else, guys? Anybody else? All right. Listen. God, I believe, um, takes this subject of the highest priority. What is your vision for your life? And if it's not based on the Word of God, and it's not based on things that are going to last for eternity, what are you doing? Listen, we hear sermons all the time. We hear great preaching from Pastor Stevens, Pastor Glenn. And we can sometimes, it can just be words to us. And we not not be fulfilling the Word of God. God has a purpose for your life. He has a heavenly vision for you. Are you pursuing that? If you're not, okay, and you're being like the world, and you really don't have a vision for yourself, I encourage you, have a vision. But that vision not be just about your career, Not just be about your family, but be about what's important to God. And that's becoming more like Him every day, molded in his, his, His image, in love with Him, and helping others do the same by making disciples to help them do the same. I want to open up the altar call, and I want to have you guys stand to your feet, and I want you to talk to God and say, God, I need to have the heavenly vision. I need to have the right vision, Lord, and I'm going to commit to that right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. would strategize lord and include you in their plan include you in their strategy my god rodo shabaraba baba sabarodo raba baba sa ro ro shabaraba baba shabarolo raba baba sa soboro rodo raba baba sa shoborolo rodo sha God, we desire, my God, for you to say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant, God," because we followed not our plans, but your plans, my God. bo shobo rolo sha, Lord, what's most important, God, is what you say, my God. Rolo bo Help us God in Jesus name Lobo Rolo we want to be molded into your image know you every day, my God. God, who are we that you would be mindful of us? God, thank you, my God, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, you have removed the middle wall of partition. Thank you that we can have a relationship with you every day, my God. So one day, Lord God, we're going to stand in front of you, my God. You are our future judge, my God. You are our future judge, my God. Thank you, my God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How good he's been to. Shoboroshaba Let's go ahead and um and stand to our feet, guys. And um, um most people, if you were to ask at your work or whatever, and you ask them, What is your vision for your life? And what Pastor Stevens is trying to do as for our even our conference theme, okay? He's trying to really in have us enlarge our vision, understand that this is something that Not just Pastor Stevens, but more importantly, what God wants us to do. Most people don't even think about this. So I want you guys to do this, this week. I want you guys to consider this question. What is your vision for your life? Think about that. You're going to have to spend some time, maybe 30 minutes, maybe longer, and go by yourself. And listen, I'm not talking about where, well, I'm not sure if I want to be a pastor if I'm going to be a pastor. you notice, I didn't mention any of that. Okay? That is something I've talked about before. That's, I think, the 20% of what the purpose of... The 80% is already known. We may not know right now what is it that God has for us in 20 years, 5 years. But we know now, He just wants us to know Him. <laughs> right? He just wants us to love Him. He just wants us to talk to Him and to grow in Him, and to be more like Him, not like us, and to help our children do the same, our spouses do the same, and help make disciples doing the same. That's it. It's simple. And if you do that, I promise you, you will never say, I wasted my life. I wasted that time. Why? Because God cares more about the minister the ministry, and if you realize that all God wants, and first and foremost, is just to have that relationship with you, and you to fall in love with Him more, it takes discipline. It takes time. just like in any relationship, guys. If you want to have a good marriage, and you're not going to be talking, you're not going to have a good marriage. <laughs> if you if you want to have a good marriage and you don't spend time with your spouse, it's not going to work out. It takes time. It takes effort same thing with your creator. But he's soon going to be your judge. There's no fear when we are developing our relationship with him and loving him. And when we see him, he's going to say, hey, you know what? That conversation we were having this morning, let's have it now face to face. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's a vision. And that's something that you'll never regret and it will never be futility. An Olympian, it'll be forgotten. A president of the United States, it'll be forgotten. But these things here are transferable and you'll have that reward in heaven. Let's worship God. Let's raise our voices and thank him that he would want to have that with us. And let's make a commitment, guys. In our hearts right now, that this time next week, you don't have to show it to me. This is between you and your God. You talk about the vision. And if there needs to be course correction, if you need to enlarge your vision and you really didn't incorporate that, then you do that between you and your God. Let's worship God. Father, we thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God we praise you my god we thank you lord in jesus name we thank you my god we thank you we praise you lord god